Hello, my name is Madison, and I am a sophomore at Providence Baptist College. Welcome to Maverick Messages, where you will hear the soul-stirring sermons we hear each and every school day. Please enjoy the following Maverick message. So you're in 1 Samuel chapter 16. 1 Samuel chapter 16. We're going to read verse uh, 10 to 11. I'm just going to read it. If You can just follow me. Um, it says in verse 10, again, Jesse made seven of his son, sons to pass before Samuel. And Samuel said unto Jesse, The Lord hath not ch chosen this. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Are here all thy ch children? And he said, There remaineth yet the youngest, and behold, he kept the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch him, for we will not sit down until he come hither. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for being good to us, Lord, and allowing us to be here, Lord. Pray that you can uh, help me, Lord, to preach to them, Lord, that you will be the one who's talking, Lord, and, and speaking to their hearts, Lord, and not me, Lord. Please just take me away, Lord, and help me, Lord, also to uh, uh, express it right, Lord, the message that you have given to me, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So in this part of the story, God is telling Samuel that he had already chosen a king. If we go some verses back, we'll see that God was telling Samuel, look, I already have a king. Why we get to this point is because a chapter before, chapter 15, we will find that God was very upset with uh, King Saul because God told Saul, look, I want you to do this, and this is how I want you to do it, and Saul didn't do it. Saul just didn't do it, and God, that's why God was upset with him, and he told me, you're not going to be king anymore. I don't want you as a king. I don't want you to uh, be leading my Israel. So he takes him out of a king and we, uh, to be, from being king. And we get to this chapter. And if we go to uh, chapter, uh, verse 1, chapter 16, and verse 1, uh, it's very interesting how this story or this chapter starts with Samuel complaining about God's plan and how they didn't have a king. And he was just complaining about Saul and all the things he did, and all the decisions he made. And it says, um, verse 1, And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long wilt thou mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill thine horn with oil, and go. I will send thee to Jesse the Benlehamite, for I have provided me a king among his sons. So we see Samuel on this verse, in verse 35 of chapter 15, crying because they had not king. Right? God took... Saul away from uh, the kingdom. And he was he just crying and complaining of what of uh, the things that Saul did. And God gets after him and tells him, you know, you know what? Like, just stop crying about it. Stop crying about it. Get up. He says, fill thy horn with oil and go. Because I have chosen a new king. I already have a new king. So why are you complaining about it? So just get up. I have chosen a new king. Just get up, fill, fill, fill your horn with oil and go and anoint him, anoint him. So he's in, in other words, he's just telling them, what are you doing there crying about it? I know we have no king. I know, so I don't, in the, in the verse before, it says that the Lord repented that he had made Saul king over Israel. God was upset with Saul. And then we have here Samuel complaining that they have no king. So God tells them, look, I already have a new king. I already took care of it. So just go fill your uh, horn with oil and anoint him. And my key verse is on verse 11. In verse 11, where it says, where uh, Samuel says to Jesse and his uh, his children, send and fetch him, uh, looking for David. He says, Be, uh, for we will not sit down 
till he come hither. We will not sit down. In other words, in other words, he's saying we will not sit down until the king is here. He didn't know who the king was, but we can tell he, he kind of got the idea that that was a king because he already had all the kid, all the, his children passed by, and he's and God told Samuel, look, none of these are are uh, are gonna is it, not from here. We, you won't see the king from this kid. So there is one more person, and that was David. And he said that they will not sit down until the king gets here. Samuel told them to bring that man called David that was taking care of the sheep. That's what the verse says. And he said, just bring him because we will not sit down until he gets here. And this is very similar to what you and I are, gonna, are going to experience one day. It's very cool that we sang, we, sang, uh, we sang the hymn saying that one day he'll come, right? He will come. We started the chapel service with that. But it's very similar. The day is already near. We don't know the day or the hour, or when is he going to come, but we know he's coming. And you should be excited about it, because we know it's going to happen. One day, it will not be David who will be anointed on this earth. It will be Christ. The Bible says that he is the anointed one. He's our Messiah, and he's the salvation of this world. And that day, he will not come to be mocked, but rather like the king. Not like a lamp, but like the king of kings and lord of lords. But before all that happens, before all that takes place, we cannot sit down. We cannot sit down until the king is here. And glory to God that he's coming. I want him to come. I'm waiting for his coming. And I'm excited that he's coming. And every time we sing hymns and we, I hear songs or special music about his coming, it's just very excited. I can wait for that day. But we cannot sit down until the king is here. He wants us to stay busy while he comes. So what I want to preach today is we have our motivers, uh, or is occupy till he comes. We got to stay busy until he comes. We cannot sit down. We cannot cross our arms and sit down and say, oh, man, he's coming. There's nothing else to do. We cannot do that. We need to, uh, we need to wait for his coming, but we need to stay busy while he com comes. Why is it that many Christians are sitting today? And I'm going to give you like three points. Why many Christians are sitting today? First one is because... Uh, because of the wrong wrong focus. Let's go to first. Uh, I'm sorry. Of Acts, first chapter chapter one, Acts chapter one. Many are sitting today because they have the wrong the wrong focus. On Acts chapter one, verse six. Acts chapter one, verse six says, when they, they, this is before Jesus went up to heaven, after he finished all his ministry and everything that he had to do here on earth, uh, we get to Acts and says in verse 6, when they th therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the king kingdom of Israel? And he said unto them, it is not for you to know the times or the reasons which the Father hath put me in his power, put in his power. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them, in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up to heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, 
shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. In other words, in verse 8, we see that Jesus is telling them, hey, don't worry when I'm coming back. It's not your business. You don't have to know when I'm coming back. You don't have to know the hour or the time. It's not your business. But I have to go now. But before I go or before I return, make sure that you are my witness in Samaria, Judea, and, and, and to the end of the world. Before I return, make sure you're busy doing what I told you to do. And in verse 9 and verse 11, we see that the disciples just were staring up to heaven, seeing him. That two men had to come and tell him on verse 11, and on verse 11, hey, why are you still looking up to heaven? He said he's going to leave, but he's going to come back. So while he, come, while he comes, comes back, why don't you do what he told you to do? What did he tell him to do? To be a witness in Samaria, Samaria, Judea, and, and Jerusalem. And then he's going to re return. He promised it. And we can see the signs that are here that he's coming. But it's not time to be looking up. It's not time to sit down and then just stare at heaven and wait for his coming. It's time to work, to stop staring and to start putting our focus on what he told us to do. Now our lives are focused on, some, on so many other things that are not on what he has calling us to do. Now our, our focus is on material things. We worry more about work, about our, uh, about, uh, we, we look more at Facebook, at social media, at some other stuff, and we just lose our focus. If we just stop focusing on the garbage that the world has offered to us. And listen, don't misunderstand me. I'm not telling you not to wait for his coming and not to be looking up and say, oh, like, I'm not going to pay attention when he's going to come back. You should be waiting for his coming. But while he comes, he has called us to be, to be witnesses, to go and be witnesses of what? Of, of the gospel. And when I'm so winning, I, I tell people that he's coming soon. And I tell them that I'm waiting for his coming and they, they should repent from their sins and wait for his coming too. But my main focus is to go out and be a witness. The problem today is that we have many young people, many Christians just looking up to heaven, staring up, not doing anything for God, just waiting for his coming. And again, don't misunderstand me. You should be waiting for his coming. But that's not your main focus. Your main focus is not just to wait when he's going to come back, the time, try to guess the time when he's going to come back. You gotta stay busy until he comes. The second thing why many Christians are sitting down or not doing anything for God is because of the wrong desire. If we go to Matthew chapter 24, Matthew chapter 24, verse 46. Matthew 24, verse 46. Says, blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find him, shall find so doing. Oh, or desire should be to do what he told us to do. I don't want him to find me looking around or, or being sitting down when he comes back. I don't want him to find me just looking up to heaven and doing nothing. I want him to find me doing something. You should want him to find you preaching or doing something for him. Your job and my job is not to be looking at what time he's coming back or when. No, you can wait for his coming, I told you. But that's not our job. Our job is to keep standing until he comes and not sit down until he comes. Our job is to keep singing until he comes. Our job is to continue preaching until he comes. Our job is to continue knocking doors until he comes. Our job is to stay busy and continue winning souls until he comes. Our job is to stay busy in the things of God until he comes. May you today, dear mind, to have a life where you don't live comfortable with what you do already, but instead to do more
for God. It's not time to be distracted. It's not time to be comfortable. Or king is not here yet. Right. I think many of us here are in big trouble. We live without a desire to do something for God. It can be months without you giving a single gospel and you'll be, you're fine. You feel okay with it. We live without a desire to hear the voice of God. It can be many chapels throughout the semester. Not a single chapel you came to the altar. Or you broke down for, for, for a decision that you had to change. We're just already seated. And the king is not here yet. Go and be a witness and have a desire for soul winning. He's coming anyway. And you should be ashamed if you're a pastor back in your home church or even while you're here in college. You know, Pastor Kevin or your home pastor has a desire to do something for God. And shame of you if you start criticizing that. If you start saying, oh, again? Man, soul winning program again? Man, we were just a few months ago when we stopped the fall program or the spring program. Shame on you if you have that heart. We need to get serious and put aside our materialism. It's time to put our, just all of our excitement and our desire to do something for God and live a life where I give everything to God, where all my desires are His desires. We are gonna, where are gonna be those who are gonna stand for truth and what's right until He comes? Where are gonna be those who are gonna have the desire to do something for God until He comes? People are sitting down because of the wrong, because of the wrong desire. They are sitting down because of the wrong desire, of the wrong focus. The third thing is that they sit down because of the wrong purpose. If we go to 1 Samuel, back to our text, 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 11. Many are sitting down because of the wrong focus. They're doing everything for the wrong reason. They're doing everything because of the wrong desires. Or well, they're doing something, but because they have the wrong desires. They ended up quitting. On verse, uh, on verse 11, that was our, our key verse. Many are sitting down because of the wrong purpose. We see on verse 11 that he said, uh, 16:11 says, And Samuel said unto Jesse, Are here all thy children? And he said, There are remaineth yet the youngest, and behold, he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch him. For we will not sit down till he come hither. Samuel didn't sit down until his purpose was fulfilled. He didn't say, wait, it's not Eliab? Oh, okay, if it's not him, then it is what it is. Why am I keep finding, looking for one if it's not him? And he sat down. No, he didn't sit down. He didn't say, uh, he didn't say oh man, it's not any of these children that, that look like good for a king. And he didn't say, no, he didn't sit down. He said, listen, there is no one else because I'm here. God sent me to do something, and the purpose is not fulfilled yet. Is there anybody else? I have already seen everyone, each one of your children, but is there anyone else? Because my purpose here has not been yet fulfilled. Is there anyone else? And I wish we had that attitude today, an attitude where we're not comfortable with what we're doing already, an attitude where we could ask God, God, is there anything else you want me to do? Is there anything else I could do? Has my purpose been fulfilled yet? I know it's not. I know it's not. Is there anything else you want me to do? I know that I have not fulfilled my purpose yet. Yet, what else do I need to do? An attitude where we're not comfortable when months, I told you, when months go, go by and we haven't given a single gospel. 
We haven't bring someone to church. Oh, but I go to soul winning. Yeah, but that's not the purpose. That's not the, the whole purpose of it. Oh, I go to church, but yeah, that's not the whole purpose of it. He asked, is there anyone else? Because he had a purpose. Is there anyone else? Because he had a purpose. He was focused on that purpose. He had that desire for that purpose to be fulfilled. He would not sit down until that purpose was ful fulfilled. So what's the purpose of you being here? What's your purpose for you to sit down already? What's your purpose? Uh, or uh, Is your purpose done like, so you can sit down now? Is he done with you? Is that it for you? No. There is nothing worse than finding a Christian without a purpose in the Christian life. And it's even worse when Christians have a purpose but the wrong purpose. You go to church Sunday morning, Sunday p.m., and then you feel like you're the Apostle Paul. Man, we cannot even go and shake your hand because you will be pulling out your pen to sign my Bible. <laughs> you have the wrong purpose. That is not the purpose. That's why you're sitting down because you think you're better than the king. You think you can sit down now. Every time they told John, you're the best here, he said, no, I'm not even worth it. Every time they told Paul, hey, man, look at everything that you have done. Your man, your man use of God. He said, like, no, it's not me. It's his grace. Man, it's not me. It's his grace. It's his purpose. It's not you. It's his purpose. You got to fulfill that purpose. Many of you in here are serving him, and it's not because you deserve it. Because he's grace on us. He's allowing us to do it, to do what we do. So it's not me. It's not you. It's him. It's his purpose. In my, I, my, I was talking with my dad the other day, and you know, you know that he lost the, the church property, but he's finding another property property now, and he's trying to to buy it now. It's just very expensive because he's in the city. It's just like buying a property in Chicago. It's very very expensive. And I I asked him. I honestly asked him because I just don't get it. You know how he will he will keep going after everything that he's gone through. It's been a few years that that he's been through difficult times. And I'm his son, I'm there to support him. But at some point to me, it's also like, I was even telling my wife, like, I don't know how he he can keep going. I, I don't know if I would be able to do it, honestly. After everything that has happened, I don't know if I would be able to say, oh yeah, let me get up and keep going, just like if nothing happened. Because that's how he's living, that's how he's living right now. Um, and I asked him, you know, like, why, why you keep doing this, you know? And okay, the, I forgot to mention this, the worst, the worst part is that for him to buy that, uh, that uh, new property, he's gonna give his house. And because the, the bad people has been parking outside the house, so he doesn't wanna leave anymore, but he's just gonna give it to the church. So I was asking him, why do you keep doing this? If he keeps failing every time you do it, you know, that's, that's how I was telling him. And what he told me was this, because I have a purpose. I have a purpose and it's not been fulfilled yet. That's why I keep doing it because I have a purpose and it's not been fulfilled yet. So you have to have a purpose in the Christian life. You want to do something for God? You have to have a purpose. You want to stay busy until he comes? You need to have a purpose. You need to stay, you want to stay occupied till he comes? You need to have a purpose in your life. In Mark 16, uh, 16, 15 says, and he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. There is a purpose right there, in case you didn't have one. But there is a purpose. And that's the main purpose of the whole book, 
That's the, re that's the whole purpose why he came to this earth, to go and preach the gospel. And my last point is, you know, when people sit down, we know that they're sitting down because the wrong purpose, the wrong desire, and, and uh, the, the wrong uh, focus. Also, people sit down when there's nothing else to do, right? You sit down when the job, the job is, is over, you know, like you're, you have work, you, you go and sit down. That's what you're waiting for, right? When it's time to rest. So let me give you one point on how to keep standing then. Go to Acts, uh, go to Acts uh, chapter 9, verse 6. And this is my last point, Acts 9, verse 6. How to keep standing. Well, we all know this verse, but it's one of my favorites. It says, And he trembling and astonished, astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? What wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. My point is, just do something for God. But my question is, what are you doing for God? It says in this verse, the first words that Paul, in this time it wasn't Paul yet, but the first words when he encountered God, it was, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? What are you doing for God? God says, listen and do. There needs to be a balance. You cannot just... Do and also don't walk with God, but you can also just don't can have a walk with God and not do something something about it. God says, "Listen and do." You know, in the Old Testament, that was the problem. They God said to uh, told them what to do, and they didn't do it. That's God, why God stopped talking to them. He wants doers, not hearers only. And today, I want to encourage you to do something for God, because it's not time to sit down and relax, because He's coming. But occupy till He comes. I want to encourage you to get involved and do something for God. And I'm not talking that, I'm not referring if you graduated already or not. I'm not talking just to the freshmen or to the seniors or sophomores or juniors. I'm talking to anybody. Anybody can do something for God. And I'm not talking about what you can do and what you cannot do. I'm talking about doing something for God. And I'm not talking about if you read a lot or not, or if you have a title or a diploma. And don't misunderstand me. I'm not against you reading books, or I'm not against you having a diploma. I believe that you should be prepared to do more for God. I believe that you should have better education to do something for God. But, but I know many people that is full of books and full of knowledge and have done nothing for God. Have done nothing for God. God wants doers of his works, of his word. He wants people that will keep standing while he comes. Today, there are a lot of knowers, but too little doers. There are a lot of expectators, but nobody wants to do anything for God. This world is full of people who likes to give their opinions, but there is no action. A Christian who is blessed and happy is doing something for God. God wants you to do something for him. God wants you to do something for him while you're still here. Well, he's not here yet. God wants you to do something for him right now. Not until you are out of college. Not until uh, you have a diploma. You can say, no, if God calls me, no, no, no. It's what are you doing for God right now? Yeah. He said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. God wants that every child redeemed by his grace will do something for him. It is not what the other is doing. 
It's not what my roommate is doing. It's not what my pastor is doing. Oh, it's because my dad is a pastor. No, what are you doing for God? It's not, oh, my parents are good parents. No, what are you doing for God? Oh, my church is a soul winning church. What are you doing for God? Oh, I'm in a college that believes in soul winning, but yeah, what are you doing for God? What are you doing for God? It's not time to sit down. It's not time to sit down because he's not here yet. If God's purpose is souls, then I'm going to do a better job to fulfill the purpose. If his desire, desire our souls, I'm going to have a better desire to do something for him. If his focus our souls, I'm going to focus on that. If God's purpose our souls, then I'm going to do something about it. If the purpose is reach them, then I will knock more doors. If they are the purpose, I will do, be- I'll do-, I will do better in the bus. I will do a better bus worker in the bus. I will be a better bus worker in the bus. I will sing more. I will preach more. And I will pray more. And I will do more. Because I'm going to stay busy and fulfill the purpose that he has called me to do. I'm not going to sit down. And you shouldn't sit down. You shouldn't go back. You shouldn't have, uh, you shouldn't, you should stay busy and do something for God. Many here know that Jesus is coming. And that prophecies, prophecies are here before our eyes. It's crazy how sometimes it's even spooky because it's like, oh, it's, it's coming. It's coming. And I can wait for it. But the real Christian life is when you do something for God. The real Christian life is occupied until he comes. The real Christian life is stop looking up and start doing something for God. Go and be a witness. Go and be a witness. Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth not, to him it is sin. You know what to do. You've been told what to do many times. You've been under good preaching, many chapel services, many church services. And what are you doing for God? Are you busy for God? Are you already sitting down? What's going to happen to the next generation if we're already sitting down? Why don't you come today and tell God, just let me get involved in the church? Why don't you come today and tell God, Lord, God, I'm sorry because I've been trying to skip my boss, to skip soul winning, to skip this and this and this and this and many ministries, and just get right with God and try to do something for him. I'm going to do something for you, God, because I will not sit down until my king comes. That's what Samuel said. We will not sit down. And he made it plural. He didn't say, oh, uh, I'm not going to sit down, but you guys can sit. No, he said, we're not going to sit down. We shouldn't sit down right now. It's not time to sit down. It's time to stay busy until the king comes. Praise the Lord. Please tune in again for another Maverick message.